The first atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima. Over humanity! The fires of frustration and discord are burning. And Let us not forget for a moment the toils and efforts that lie ahead. They say that those who forget their history are condemned to repeat it. This is the History Lessons Podcast with certified financial planning practitioner Patrick Huey, author of History Lessons for the Modern Investor and your guide to financial wisdom in the past, present, and future. You ready? Good. Let's get historical. Historical? Bingo. This is the History Lessons Podcast for the week of February 19th, 2024. I'm Patrick Huey, author of History Lessons for the Modern Investor. And if you're a modern investor seeking some historical perspective, well, once again, you're in the right place. This week, we'll be talking about love hurts, redefining transitory, and what you need to know about annuities. But first, the news. Well, every relationship has its twists and turns and even its bumpy patches. But as we celebrated Valentine's Day last week, it was clear that it wasn't just love that was in the air, but lingering whiffs of both inflation and recession fears. Housing starts were a bit of a heartbreaker. In January, there was a notable decline of 14.8%, quite the cold shower after a robust end to 2023. Seemed like developers were finding some love amidst the challenges of the sales environment, but January had its own plans. Could the colder temperatures and high precipitation have played a role in this downturn? Perhaps, but as we'll see, weakness was not an outlier last week. On the inflation front, the consumer price index rose by 0.3% in January, surpassing the anticipated 0.2%. And over the past year, consumer prices have climbed by 3.1%, well shy of the Fed's 2% target. Cupid has taken his shot, but only partially hit the target. Energy prices took a dip, but probably not due to all those romantic candlelight dinners. Gasoline prices fell by 3.3%, actually mitigating some of the headline inflation. However, when we excluded food and energy, core inflation accelerated to 0.4% marking the fastest rate in nine months. There was no love letter in the producer price index either. It saw a 0.3% increase in January, adding to the complexities of the Fed's decision-making process. Energy prices continued their decline here too, dropping by 1.7%, while food prices also saw a 0.3% decrease. Stripping away these volatile components, core prices surged by 0.5%, the largest spike since last July. Amidst the run on flowers and chocolates, retail sales experienced a rather disappointing decline of 0.8% in January. This report painted a grim picture of the U.S. consumer landscape with 9 out of 13 major categories witnessing a slump. Even after excluding the volatile auto sector, sales still dropped by 0.6%, further emphasizing the challenges faced by retailers. A lesson for economists, investors, and those celebrating St. Valentine, sometimes love really does hurt. Interest rates are rising, and your annuity purchased in the last decade might not be keeping up, which means your financial plan may be falling behind. 
So if you own a deferred annuity, fixed, indexed, or variable worth more than $250,000, now is the time to review it and make sure it is doing all that it can for you and your financial plan. Let us help you keep your retirement on track. Introducing Victory Independent Planning. VIP turns complex financial matters into clear and confident solutions. So you can relax and enjoy retirement whenever it arrives. Get the annuity review kit now. This complimentary kit includes a variety of checklists, resources, and ebooks to review the fees, features, and flexibility, or lack thereof, in your current annuity contract. It will even help you assess your overall investment goals and the people who are offering you advice. Get the kit today, because you can't teach an old annuity new tricks. To learn how VIP can help you review your annuity, click on the link in the show notes or go to victoryindependentplanning.com. That's victoryindependentplanning.com. Sign up for peace of mind today. Alexa, charge that Wayback Machine for me and set it for 1473 AD. Charging Wayback Machine. On February 19th, 1473, the Polish astronomer and mathematician Nicholas Copernicus was born. Originally Prussians from the city of Krakow, his family moved to Torun on the Vistula River, which the Prussian Union ceded to the Kingdom of Poland. A foreigner then, even in his own home, he became famous throughout Europe for his works and mathematical equations. Yet he remained a bit of an outsider, rising in church hierarchy, while spending significant amounts of time on scientific pursuits that challenged dogma, things like heliocentricity. It took years before anyone widely accepted that they weren't at the center of the universe. Some in places like the Federal Reserve or Capitol Hill still don't believe it to this day. But Copernicus had a lot to teach those who would listen, including on monetary policy and inflation. Copernicus used his mathematical skills on monetary policy, penning on the coinage of money for Sigismund the Old, King of Poland, in 1526. Even then, old folks wanted to know why their money wasn't worth what it used to be. The scientist turned monetary theorist posited that an abundance of money, high supply, was inflationary because it was being spent on the same amount of goods. Come on, people. It's science. As we spent money to avoid economic collapse in the wake of COVID, the lessons of Copernicus were, quite frankly, ignored. Since 2020, some 10 to $12 trillion have been pumped into an economy that was hamstrung by challenges to the supply chain. And you don't have to be a dogma-busting scientist to figure out what happened next. You live through it. And the data continues to show that you are still living through it. Authors of the study History Lessons, How Transitory Is Inflation, and you know I love that title, analyzed the behavior of inflation across 14 developed economies, once a country's inflation rate surged past various thresholds, and then studied how long a burst of inflation typically lingered. When inflation reached a 4% level, as it has in the United States before it came down, the lowest quintile, one-fifth of outcomes, took less than three years to revert back to 2%. The reversion to 2% took at least 18 years in the highest quintile, one-fifth of the outcomes. And the median reversion to 2% took eight years if you believe the world revolves around you, this is no big deal. You just figure you're going to be in the best quintile. 
For the rest of us, it's going to require some patience before announcing that the mission to battle inflation is a mission accomplished. Wayback machine disengaged. Returning to the year 2024. Finally this week, it's on to the mailbag. You've got mail. This week's question of the week was annuities. What's the deal with them? Now, did you know annuities date back to the Roman Empire? During that time, the idea of guaranteed income was known as annua. Annua is Latin for annual stipends. In exchange for making a one-time payment, Roman citizens would receive lifetime payments each year from the annua. This was the basic structure of an annuity until the 20th century when deferred annuities allowing for savings, tax deferral, and some drawdown of principal became more and more popular. Of course, you can still get an income annuity known as a single premium income annuity, SPIA, S-P-I-A, a deferred income annuity, D-I-A, or a qualified longevity annuity contract, QLAC. These contracts are for income only, and they provide a predictable and guaranteed stream of income in exchange for a lump sum. <clears throat> that lump sum can be one payment or a series of them, and the income can, can start immediately or it can be deferred. These contracts are best for someone who prefers the highest level of consistent, predictable, and guaranteed income and is comfortable giving up control over a lump sum of their liquid assets. This would help alleviate longevity risk, meaning running out of money before you run out of time. And also there is market, there is no market downside risk or sequence of return risk as these payments are guaranteed by the insurer. However, as always, there are risks and they include inflation as the payments don't have any upside growth or cost of living adjustments. There is also liquidity risk, meaning once you buy the annuity, you can only get income payments out of it. There is no liquid lump sum available any longer. How are income annuities taxed? Well, each payment consists of what you put into the annuity, your cost basis, and perhaps some growth or gains, especially if deferred. The gains are taxed as ordinary income. And what you put in is your tax-free cost basis. So each payment may be wholly or partially tax-free with a prorated portion attributable to earnings taxed as income. Now, once you've depleted what you put into the annuity, all the future payments after that would be all taxable as income. In general, income annuities are not suitable for most people who do not wish to lose control over their funds. I've used them as a stopgap measure in a financial plan for a certain period of income, known as a period certain annuity payment, until other sources became available. Let's move on to the newer and often more popular forms of annuities that do not require to give you up control over your assets. Accumulation annuities that still have some income and taxation benefits. First is the multi-year guaranteed annuity, or MYGA, we call it a MIGA. This is an annuity that puts a guaranteed fixed interest rate for a fixed period of time. For instance, currently, you could find around a 5% MYGA, MIGA, for three to five years. Interest accrues annually, 
and it's on a tax deferred basis. In a way, it's like a CD, a certificate of deposit. Though the tax treatment of the two, as well as the source of the guarantees are completely different. This is best for a conservative investor who wants a guaranteed level of interest and tax deferral. This can be a complement or a substitute for things like short-term bonds and even CDs. There's no market downside risk to these annuities, although there is liquidity risk and interest rate risk if rates move higher and you're stuck at a lower rate for some period of time. Taxation occurs when any gains are taken from these contracts with a last in first out accounting method, meaning gains which happen last are taxed first and all the gains are subject to ordinary income tax rates. A note here that if you do this in an IRA, there is no liquidity provision often in a MIGA and you may have to end up planning for that and taking required distributions from other IRAs. Next up, we'll move on to fixed indexed annuities or FIAs, which provide limited participation in market upside with zero participation in market declines. These are appropriate for conservative investors who are comfortable with a bit of unpredictability in the interest they will earn, but unwilling to suffer market loss. You have flexibility in choosing the index you will track, and historically a chance to make at least some interest in most years, depending on the index. The real value in this account is that you lock in any gains once they are credited and don't lose them if the index you are tracking turns negative in the future. This annuity mitigates downside risk and some sequence of return risk, though it will have liquidity risk and inflation risk, depending on the interest earned and credited and the surrender schedule associated with the annuity. You can attach income riders to these contracts and receive guaranteed income without annuitizing the funds. And that may appeal to folks looking for guaranteed income with the possibility of a bit of growth. They can be powerful planning tools in that way for those in the few years before retirement. Or you can simply use them as a bond and CD replacement and accumulate funds there for future use. Withdrawals are taxed similarly, similarly to the MIGA with earnings first if you are accumulating or similar to income annuities if you choose an income option. Generally, these are required minimum distribution friendly, meaning you're not penalized for early withdrawals that are part of RMDs. Fees start to become an issue with fixed indexed annuities when choosing guaranteed income, as there will be some type of fee for that feature. So buyer beware in this space, although they are very flexible products with a number of potential planning uses. Finally, let's talk about the variable annuity or VA. This annuity provides participation in market upside through the investment funds available in it, and the participation is only limited by the fees associated. But they can be significant when you include advisory as well as fees for guaranteed income features. The product is best for a client who's looking for tax deferral and is okay with enduring market fluctuations. It's especially powerful for those who want to utilize guaranteed income features as with the fixed index annuity, but are willing to be aggressive with their investments and try and increase those payments over time to combat inflation. Using the guaranteed income will exchange longevity risk, but always get your income, 
for investment risk and sequence of return risk. Now, liquidity is likely to be limited in the early years for a contract, and growth of the investment is, as the name suggests, variable. This is much more of a niche play. Gains are taxed, for, taxed first on withdrawal, and all income is taxable once the cost basis or contributions are exhausted. Well, my fellow historians, that's all for this week. Be sure to check out my book, History Lessons for the Modern Investor. That's still available on Amazon.com. And be sure to do all the social stuff too. Like this episode, follow us wherever you see or hear your podcasts, and be sure to click on that five-star review for us. We're available on Substack, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Until next week, when we'll take another rollicking romp through the past and make an investment in your future with history lessons for the modern investor. See you next week.